ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. Welcome back to Orange Nation. Our artist of the day, De La Soul, Steve. This one called Say No Go. All right, and with that, we go to our guest line to bring on our one guest today. It's Monday, which means our weekly SOS house call. Pleased to be joined today by Dr. Melissa Patnella, physical therapist of SOS. And uh, Dr. Patnella, thanks so much for coming on today. And um, if we could, let's uh, let's start with your, your area of, of specialty. And I know that you work mainly with back and, and spine. Um, can you give us an idea of the, the common injuries that, that you deal with on a regular basis for, a, for a lower back and, and for spine injuries? Sure, absolutely. Um, so the most common thing I, let, I see is typically a disc herniation, other terms for it being disc bulge or disc slip um, is how people colloquially say them. That is what I see most often in younger kids, high school athletes. I see fractures, particularly what one is called a PARS fracture. And then in older populations, I see compression fractures. Those are two other common things I see. And then just typical irritations of lower back osteoarthritis is probably the fourth most common. So in regards to the disc herniation, what, what can be done? Because when I, when I hear that, I know that there are, are varying uh, degrees of a disc herniation, right? Sometimes PT would work. Other times you need surgery and, and rehab. Can you give us an idea of you know, when you would, would recommend PT versus when you would recommend surgery? Yeah, so I think PT, and of course my opinion is biased, but I do think PT is always a good place to start. No matter what size of the disc herniation, the body does have some capability to heal it. Of course, unless there is one of those extreme situations, an extremely small percentage of people who get a very large herniation will have some sort of immediate weakness or strength loss in their legs. That would cause for an emergent surgery. But other than that, PT is always a good place to start, again, to help get the symptoms down, to help control it. Most of the time, you're going to be waiting for a few weeks anyway before you're getting into a procedure of any kind. Um, But there is a huge range of disc herniations, and a very, very large percentage of them are fully taken care of between PT, conservative care, um, and also getting injections sometimes just to help with the pain in the meantime while things are healing and while you're going through the rehab. All right, so let's say that that surgery uh, is needed um, and you, you have surgery to repair a disc herniation. What, what, is the, what does the post-op look like in terms of getting back on the playing field, whatever particular sport you're talking about? Uh, what, what kind of uh, post-operation or post-procedural rehab is necessary? Sure. So if someone is just getting the disc itself repaired, the rehab is not bad at all. They can, depending on the sport, depending on the amount of impact, like football, of course, would probably take a bit longer just because of the physical impact. But other sports like track and field, more running, tennis, things where you're not running into people, you get back much quicker. But there are also surgeries that do involve hardware. So if you are getting a surgery where there is hardware involved, you're looking at a much longer um, return to play or potentially not being able to return to play, depending on the extent of the hardware to support the vertebrae around the disc. You just mentioned specific sports, and I had just seen an article recently about how bad basketball is for your lower back. What happens in basketball that causes problems in your back? 
Yeah, so it depends on it depends on the player, but a lot of it is the twisting also with the jump shot going up high. There is a lot of forced extension in the back, meaning like a leaning back type of position. Um, that is often that kind of forced position, or again, those big twists turning, rotating all throughout the sport is often what puts that kind of repetitive strain and pressure on the lower back. Since Polly brought up basketball, I, I do want to ask you about LeBron James, who, who mm-hmm. just became the all-time leading scorer in NBA history, and he's apparently dealing with a foot injury that, um, you know, I, I believe the quote was, he's dealing with unbearable pain in his foot. He played, and then he took a couple days off. Um he had a scan done, but the scan came back clean. What, what kind of injury could he be dealing with that isn't showing up in these tests but is causing him this quote-unquote unbearable pain that he's dealing with? Yeah, so the first thing that comes to mind for me would be to know what kind of scan he had because certain stress fractures you wouldn't be able to see on the typical X-ray. You'd have to get an MRI or a CT, something that has better, more 3D imaging to get a good look at it. Um, But if he had those scans and they were all clear, he could be having nerve pain. So depending on the type of pressure and the repetitive load that he's putting on his foot, if he then aggravates the nerves that run all through the bottom of your foot, and especially in the ball of the foot, then now every time he steps on it, he's getting these sharp, jolting, you know, excruciating amounts of pain. I would think that sounds like a nerve pain more than anything else if all the scans are clear. You know, the average person can't relate to, like, LeBron James' level of physical activity, <laughs> but, you know, something everybody does is golf. And, you know, is there ways to prevent yourself from getting hurt in golf? And, you know, should people play through if even if it's just a slight pain in your back? Oh, that's a tough question. So, you know, a soreness, a slight pain. I have patients who are in rehab for back pain with me for all different reasons that are golfers. And most of the time I am allowing them to continue to golf. Uh, One of the things I do suggest towards is having a push cart, riding in the cart so you're not walking, carrying, and golfing while you're doing it. Um, But a lot of the time it is appropriate to continue play. I mean, and it an extreme amount of pain is never appropriate to continue a sport. Um, but if you're working on it, if you're seeing the right professionals, if you're working on strengthening and taking care of it, there's no reason most of the time why you couldn't continue to play. I see what you did there, Polly. Play through. With I golf. didn't even play do that on purpose, but good one. No, that, that was, <laughs> like was a good job by you. Like um, Dr. Patinello, we got two uh, Super Bowl-related questions I want to ask you. So, we, uh, so Patrick Mahomes won the MVP, and we, we know that he's been – dealing with this ankle injury for the the last several weeks, right? He he got hurt against Jacksonville, Uh and he fought through it against Cincinnati, had two weeks off to get ready for the Super Bowl, and then right before the half last night, he re-aggravated it, got tackled right around down by the feet, seemed to re-aggravate. He was limping off into the locker room at halftime, came back for the second half and and seemed just fine and and seemed like he was right back to normal. What would doctors and and therapists be able to do during the halftime to, to put him in a position where he's a lot more comfortable? Is it, is it strictly painkiller? Are they doing something else um, that, that would help him you know, reco- recover in such a short period of time? Sure. So I think a big part of it was just the time and the place that it happened. I mean, having only a couple minutes left and then he didn't have to play just based on the way the game was going for those couple minutes, being able to sit it out and then have the time, I think for one is a big part of it because it really just looked, they didn't give him a big roll to the ankle either way. He was just kind of forced forward onto it. So I think a big part of it was it was more of a shock to the system than an actual extra injury of any kind. But I'm sure they retaped it when they got in the locker room 
made sure it was really stiff and supported. And the other main thing that they would be doing would be some form of cryotherapy. So whether it would be in ice, you know, putting it right into ice, um, here in the clinic, and I'm sure they have um, these big sleeves that you can put all around the foot and ankle that gives ice and compression at the same time. I would assume those would be the main things that they would be doing, of course, on top of some sort of painkiller to help take that edge off. And then the, the last question we have is, you know, one of the, the big storylines last night was the was the, the grass, the sod that they played on, that everybody was saying it was slippery. And we saw, you know, players from both teams slipping on it throughout. What kind of injury concerns would pop up with a, a slippery playing surface uh, from, a, from a medical perspective? What injuries would you be concerned about in, in that situation? Yeah, the grass last night was an absolute mess. Um, I would say the main thing I'd be worried about, especially with football specifically, would be ankles and knees, Um, you know, a classic ankle sprain, or with the knees. I mean, you're looking at a ligament sprain or even ligament tears. If they're trying to plant their foot while in motion and twisting, that could set them up um, pretty poorly. But even so, with slipping and falling, you can also hurt the hips and the lower back, too. I mean, anything in the lower chain is really up for grabs when you're having a surface that's unstable. All right. Uh, really informative as always. We appreciate you coming on and enjoy your week. And we'll uh, we'll do the SOS house call again next Monday. Yes. Thank you guys so much. All right. Thank you, Dr. Melissa Patnella, physical therapist for SOS Pauly. Steve, big news. Big, huge news. We have tickets to tomorrow night's Syracuse for NC State basketball game. Line up the phones right now. 315 437-7644. We're going to sweep the nation. I'm going to ask you a question. And you get it right. And you're going to the game. Thanks right. to your friends at ESPN Radio Syracuse, Utica Rome, and QSportsTalk.com. We will do that next. 315-437-7644. Back after this on ESPN Radio.